0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk
1: for fans by fans. And welcome back, NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. Hey, 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 hey. Oh. And how are you doing, Miss Tam? <laughs> how was your weekend?
0: I am doing great. My weekend was great. As you may have known, I was traveling again. This time I was up in South Carolina. Well, mm-hmm. kind of borderline South Carolina slash Savannah area? I was in the Sea Islands. I think we talked about this last episode, but we taped the episode while I was there and then I came back and I've been tired as hell since I've been back.
1: (laughs) Well, I think when you travel as much as probably the both of us do, for whatever reasons they are, it does get tiring where you're just basically living in and out of a suitcase and in and out of hotels for so much you know, all year long. So it does get exhausting. I, I know exactly where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, well, too bad we're not traveling to NASCAR races, but unfortunately, the schedule just hasn't worked out. The NASCAR season is how long? And I mean, is we've we're on our today marks our twenty-second episode, Renee, and I'll tell you, in twenty-two episodes, the schedule just has not worked out for us. Hopefully, we have what eight more races left, something yeah. like that. It-
1: Yeah, it's been a little frustrating, but, you know, maybe something can uh, turn out for the best uh, before the season is over. But nonetheless, I'm having a good time, you know, just watching it and and going over everything. And uh, it's always a different experience. I think a lot of fans can kind of agree with us that it's a completely different experience when you're actually there at the race.
0: Well, I'm hoping to actually be there at a race before the season is over. I mean, I've already attended a couple of races this year, but we have a NASCAR podcast. I feel obligated to be at a NASCAR race, at least every Mm -hmm. other race.
1: No, I totally agree. And I tell you what, though, speaking on that note, let's go right into it. Our weekend at Dover. I mean, wow. (laughs) Wow. I don't think I've ever seen anybody dominate a track in a long time as much as uh, Martin Truex Jr. did this past weekend. That was just unbelievable. Did you think that Martin Truex Jr. dominated that race as much as I'm assuming everybody else did?
0: There was some chatter that people thought this guy could go back to back or that he was, you know, going to win. Honestly, I didn't see it coming. I think we both picked Kyle Busch. If I'm not mistaken, you picked Team Penske or Kyle Busch, and I picked, Cal Bush or Matt Kensett. Because for whatever reason, I'm stuck on silly thinking that Matt Kensett is going to win a race sometime soon. (laughs) But Renee, Martin is the business. I don't know. The NASCAR guys are smiling upon him. He erased all in any bad luck that was sitting on his shoulder. And this guy is racing.
1: The way Martin Truex Jr. is racing right now is completely mind-blowing and i think going into the next bracket now tam he's got so much momentum that it wouldn't even surprise me how well he would continue to race through the rest of the chase playoffs he is driving like with just freely with no worries at all i mean not that he doesn't have anything to worry about but he's got a lot of momentum going on his side right now
0: yeah he does again the nascar guys are upon him So who the NASCAR guards aren't in favor of is Kevin Harvick. That guy just got off to a rough start and that was that he just could never really recover. I mean, his track bar issues, like who's having a track bar issue during the elimination rounds of the chase? Now, granted, he won a race so he was secure and didn't have anything to worry about, but you never want this type of issue to happen when you're in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I think when you have a driver of Kevin Harvick's stature, I think you look at something like this and go, "That this is uncalled for. So it almost goes back to, like, remember when he was having trouble with his pit crew and he calls them out and all this drama that kind of unfolded for a little bit. Or then you get uh, a situation like this where you have having a track bar issue. It's broken and you're going, dude, are we really going back to this, guys? You know what I mean? I almost can see Harvick like almost losing it going, Okay, now we're going to have trouble again. Like, this is not the time to have that kind of trouble. I totally agree with you, Tam. Harvick, thank God he won that race, and you're right, and he solidified his place, but you don't want problems like this.
0: No, you don't. You know, on a side note, since we're talking about Kevin Harvick and the Stuart Haas team, I want to talk about Tony for a bit. It okay. seemed like Tony Stewart, every other article on NASCAR.com, FoxSports.com, NBC, Sports.com was about Tony Stewart leading up to Dover. And I Mm. felt maybe it's just me, but I'm a believer that you can talk bad things into existence. And I feel like Tony's attitude was kind of stank. Yeah, we use the word stank, you know, like stank on you. Uh, And if you guys don't know, that was an outcast reference. But his (laughs) attitude was stank leading up to Dover. He felt he didn't have a chance for whatever reason. And he just did not have a chance because it's like he wished the bad luck on himself. I don't know how else to explain it, but going back. As we were preparing for the show and just looking at our Twitter account and reliving and rehashing the events leading up to Dover, it seemed like all these articles were quotes that Tony said this and Tony said that, but nothing was positive. We will never be able to take anything away from this guy. Tony is a three-time champion, period, end of discussion. However, I feel like he just gave up before Dover. It, you know, let me just say this. It makes no sense that Austin beat him for that last position moving into the next round of the chase. Yeah. I don't know. Renee, what do you think about it?
1: Well, what I thought was funny is, and not funny in a sense of like in a mean-spirited way but I was listening to an interview that Austin Dillon did right after the race was over and uh, the young man should be happy you know this kid good driver he got out of his car he hugged his teammates and uh, he congratulated everybody because you know when he found out that he, he made it to the next round to me during the interview it's obviously that that Austin Dillon is a very spiritual guy and, uh, and a very religious one at that so I don't know if it's maybe because god is on Austin Dillon's side and he didn't want Tony Stewart to be in but <laughs> you know I almost was like listening to Austin Dillon's interview and then I was listening to a little bit of Tony Stewart's interview. I kind of have to almost agree with you in a sense of like it seemed like Tony just wasn't into it like it was more like just a casual way of talking like well you know I mean we are we did better than yesterday or whatever the case was but I expected a little bit more passion coming from Tony Stewart. I expected a little bit more fire because that's what we're used to hearing and seeing from smoke. Yeah. And, and you're right. I didn't get that vibe at all.
0: Yeah. It was like he gave up before he got to the finish line. I'm just not quite sure what was going on with that. But just to recap, looking at the Dover results, we had Truex in first, Kyle mm-hmm. Busch in second, Chase Elliott third, Brad Keselowski fourth, Matt Kenseth, my guy who I'm waiting to have a breakthrough, came in fifth, Joy Logano sixth, Jimmy, Johnson, who I didn't pick to make it to the next round, he proved me wrong. Yeah. He came in seventh. Austin Dillon came in eighth. Denny Hamlin, ninth. And we had Jeff in 10th. Is that correct? Was that yeah, Jeff, Jeff Gordon, Gordon
1: ten- Yeah, Jeff Gordon came in 10th. Yeah, Jeff Gordon ten.
0: Wow, tinned. okay. That was just, I don't know. I mean, Austin is shutting the haters down. I never was an Austin hater. I just wasn't an Austin believer. Can you be that?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I mean, now that's a little bit different than not being a Danica Patrick uh hater, but we're just not Danica Patrick fans. So it's almost the same thing and I totally get it.
0: Dude, we have not said Danica's name in about 10 episodes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that a rare thing? Thing I don't know is that. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, I guess it's almost a good thing because that means she's staying out of trouble. At the very least, she's not into any accidents.
1: Right, but she's doing some really good commercials. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I well, mean, what it,
0: commercial did you see her on?
1: Uh, there was a commercial that she's done with Kevin Harvick and uh, Tony Stewart. Uh, and they're like obviously driving in just a regular car. But the background is just like kind of through almost a driving Miss Daisy kind of thing.
0: Renee, that uh, commercial was old. Is that old? <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. I think
0: so. You're talking they, about they, the Coca Cola commercials.
1: Because they kind of been replaying it lately. And I'm like, wow, wow. I was like, this is a new commercial. It's like.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, clearly Renee doesn't watch that much TV. Because if I'm not mistaken, you're talking about the Coca Cola ads and they're old.
1: Yeah, this one was a beef jerky commercial.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I stand corrected. Maybe it's not old. Maybe oh, I okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was okay. like, I don't remember seeing this beef jerky commercial, but okay. <laughs>
0: Well, since we are talking about Danica, I don't even know if this is a great segue. Let's talk about who didn't make it in the chase. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. Actually, that is
1: that is a great segue. Okay, great Tam. segue.
0: One point for Tam. Okay, so let's talk about the four drivers that were eliminated and the twelve drivers who made it to the second round. Obviously, we already talked about Smoke. Smoke did not make it into the round of twelve. Right. Of course, Chris Buescher didn't make it. That's more of a as a matter of fact. I mean, I don't think anybody had that guy making it out. Well, not... I think
1: I think anybody other than the inside Chris Buescher's club didn't have Chris. Buescher. Are moving on, so I think that's pretty well said. Done, yeah,
0: but. Chris Busher was almost like AJ Amadinger a couple of years ago. He made it to the chase just because. I mean, yeah, it's
1: just a little Cinderella story, but you knew it was going to come to an end at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not wishing hate on Chris, but I just cannot have him doing more than Chase Elliott because Chase Elliott is my pick for Rookie of the Year. Right. So. I didn't want him to outshine Chase. Not that I was wishing bad luck on him. I just couldn't have him outshining my guy Chase. So right. <laughs> on that note, Tony didn't make it. Chris busher didn't make it. Jamie McMurray didn't make it. And Kyle Larson didn't make it. So wow. in one race, both Chip Ganassi guys were pretty much wiped out.
1: Yeah. I think Jamie McMurray having uh, car trouble didn't help his cause any. But away from the fact that Jamie McMurray, because I think I also picked Jamie McMurray not even going to the next round. But that Kyle Larson completely just ruined my bracket.
0: You know what? I tweeted this from our Twitter account from Turns No Breaks. If you guys aren't, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our username is Turns No Breaks. But nonetheless, I tweeted this. Larson busted a bunch of brackets. That was definitely a tongue twister. I don't even know if I can say that again. Larson busted... No, that's not even what I said. You get the message. He busted some brackets. I do
1: get the message. You're right.
0: Yeah, I mean... Not only did this guy have seven people on pit road, which is a violation because you can only have six, and he had all these people on pit road trying to help him with his battery issue, but then he got caught speeding and had to come back. Yeah. I mean, it got so bad where he stayed out, and NASCAR was like, if he stay out another lap, they're going to black flag him, which means they're going to stop scoring him. Yeah. I just did not see this coming. One thing I will say, he had a no-give-up attitude because although he was down three laps at one point, Moe, he was racing back. He was picking them off. Yeah. Uh, but, he- uh, but unfortunately... You get down that many laps, there's nothing you can do.
1: Well, and then I think when it went from just bad to worse when he had with I think it was the rear tire that, that just kinda gave up on him. That didn't help. And that pretty much ended his run. It's just disappointing to see Kyle Larson not making it because of just the way he finished out the season, Tam. I mean, just that awesome win that he had. And then even after that, he was finishing in the top five in the next couple of races. And he was really doing well. And not that I'm trying to say that Austin Dillon doesn't deserve to be in the next round I'm just saying as and notwithstanding my bracket and I I can get over that I'll just try to have have to make another bracket but it's just disappointing to see Kyle Larson not going into the next round because that would have been nice to see him and Chase Elliott is still in the chase hunt
0: yeah I mean the fact that Austin made it over Kyle Larson is just I don't know it's kind of hard thought to swallow if that makes sense. But, yeah. you know, things happen. I mean, I always think and I've always said that I wish Austin raced for Tony Stewart because I feel as if he's next in line. He's the new Tony Stewart. Although he's not as mean as Tony, he has that spunk that Tony has. On a yeah. complete side note, they did a special on Ty Dillon before the Xfinity race. And apparently, Ty, he has got a little rough tough in him more so then we think because he comes off as this sweet good guy because he's the younger brother of Austin but apparently he can be quite competitive and quite nasty based yeah. on what he's telling us Okay, so let's just kind of recap really quick who is in the chase. Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth, Joy Logano, Chase Elliott, Bad Brad, Kurt Busch, Denny Hamlin, Carl Edwards, Jimmy Johnson, and Austin Dillon are your 12 chase drivers that are moving on to the next round. The four drivers, which we already told you, who were eliminated are Tony Stewart, Kyle Larson, Chris Buescher, and Jamie McMurray. Now, let's kind of turn the page a little bit and talk about our fantastic four drivers. There were three of our fantastic four who were in the chase, which were Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon. And then our honorary fifth member, Chris Buescher. As we already know, Blaney was not in the chase. But it's almost like Blaney is kind of reverting because not only was he not in the chase, this guy is not really racing that well. Yeah, yeah. at Dover, Mm. Chase, he's improving. I mean, it won't be long before Chase wins a race. Chase came in third at Dover. Austin Dillon, eighth. We already discussed Kyle Larson's issues. He came in 25th fifth, which was great considering all that happened to him. Yeah. Now Blaney though, on the other hand, he came in 38. Blaney, you got to get it together. It was only 40 drivers. Yeah. How do you come in 38? I don't and know. of course, it's... Chris Buescher came in 23rd as I forget to talk about Chris Buescher. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, when you see the other three, Fantastic Four going in one direction and Ryan Blaney just somehow got lost and is going in the complete opposite direction which brings me to Chris Buescher as we made him an honorary Fantastic Four it's almost like well do we replace ryan blaney with chris busher because for all intentional purposes let's be honest chris busher has actually driven really well as of late i mean now granted he didn't have a great race this past weekend but he did make the chase and he has uh, done pretty well uh, a lot better than ryan blaney has
0: yeah i mean i don't know i just feel like poor little blaney has fallen apart but on that note i do want to jump to the xfinity Series really quick, and the transition is because Ryan Blaney is best friends with Bubba Wallace, and I wanted to talk about Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel and Bubba are both products of NASCAR's diversity rev racing. And Bubba, who is in the chase for the Xfinity series, he actually placed 11th in the Xfinity race. And as you guys know, we had a double hitter because of the rain. We ran the Xfinity race at the top of the morning and we ran the Sprint Cup race a little bit after that. But Mm -hmm. Daniel Suarez actually won at Dover. How exciting. Daniel is a Mexican. American so as two people who I guess technically would fall under the diversity category yes we root for Daniel and Bubba Bubba Wallace. Yeah you know
1: I think we did an episode earlier in the year about this when we were talking to him about how NASCAR is trying to create a new fan bases and stuff like that well hopefully things like this like Daniel Suarez and Bubba Wallace kind of being successful in the Xfinity series it can kind of help bring that in and and the more successful they are Maybe the the more fan base they can bring in, a little diversity, which is what NASCAR could possibly need. I don't know if they really need that, but it'd be nice to see your fan base kind of like being a little diverse and kind of growing. So I think it's awesome to see Daniel Suarez winning and Bubba Wallace also doing very well. I think NASCAR needs this, though. I, I think the sport really needs a little bit of diversity and a little bit more audience to come the sport itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, although some people are probably out there complaining and argumentative about NASCAR, NASCAR, and should it be diverse? The sport needs it regardless of how you feel about anything. For this sport to continue to grow and to be on a national level, it needs diversity. One thing you will notice with Formula One and IndyCar, especially Formula One, they have drivers from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities. And more mm. importantly, they travel the world. Every two weeks, IndyCar, Formula One is in a different country. So whether yeah. they're in you know, Singapore one week, Dubai in the Middle East the next week, in Monaco and the south of France one week, they are very diverse and have a diverse fan base. NASCAR doesn't have that because typically NASCAR is viewed as a sport that only people in the South like. I mean, I think we bust that thought process because we're in California. We're in Hollywood. Although you are from Texas, so you are from the South, but I'm born and raised (laughs) in Los Angeles. But nonetheless, that's neither here nor there. Let's just congratulate Daniel Suarez once again on his win. So let's kind of flip it a little bit and let's Talk about a guy who made an appearance at the track, but didn't get behind the wheel, but had a lot to say on Twitter. I'm going to let you handle your main man, Dale Jr.
1: That would be one Mr. Dale Jr. You know, Tim... I really miss this guy behind the wheel of, of a car and I miss seeing him on the track. And how I don't know even know what, what's the correct word for this. He's a good twitterer or a tweeter? What's the correct terminology for that?
0: He's a good tweeter, Twitterer, you, social yeah, media. Yeah, there you go.
1: He, he is he <laughs> He's is He's
0: most uh, excellent. Yeah, isn't social
1: he? media. <laughs> I mean this guy could just put out the simplest tweet, and thousands of retweets and thousands of likes, and it's just crazy how his Twitter world has exploded. And I'm like, wow! I, it seems like there's nothing this guy can't do that isn't as successful in some kind of way.
0: Let me say this, not to interrupt you, but I don't think it's so much that he's Dale Jr. and people are hanging on his every word. This guy actually tweets some intelligent, well thought out things. Yeah. You know, whether very he's true. tweeting that bc to tell them to change the way the screen appears to the fans because he had some issues with the scores or something the point standings but he says a lot of really good interesting things yeah so Let's not take anything away from Dale. It was great seeing him on the track. There's actually a really cool photo on our Instagram of him and Jeff Gordon at the track together, which is like good old times. But yeah, yeah. but go ahead and say what you were going to (laughs) say.
1: You know, I was going to ask you if for whatever reason he is not able to get back on the track and he has to hang it up. Could you see him in the booth? He has
0: to be in the booth.
1: Yeah. There's no
0: ifs, ands, and buts about it. He has to go to the booth. Now, personally, I would like to see him on Fox and not NBC, but that's just my thought. I'm a little biased to NBC's coverage. Like, I actually really like... Kyle Petty in the booth. And of course, I like DJ Del Jarrett. But there's just something about Fox and the personalities that they've put together with DW and Mikey and the rest of the team. Yeah. Again, not taking anything away from NBC because I actually enjoy their coverage as well. I just think I'm a little bit more biased to Fox coverage. It's almost like during the NFL season, whether You're flipping from Fox to CBS to the NFL Network's coverage. To me, there's nothing like the NFL Network coverage because they got the best personalities. I mean, you got Michael Irvin in the booth who never runs out of words. You know, they got like all the supreme players. Although I was just watching that earlier because it's Monday. So you guys know we tape the show on Mondays and we usually post on Wednesday. But did you see Charles Woodson out in his pink jacket with his ascot? On Monday Night Football?
1: <laughs> you know, I did not see that. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up, but that just screams. I don't know what it screams, but it doesn't scream it anything good. GQ.
0: <laughs> but I brought that up because there's just nothing like a former NFL player, or a former NBA player, or in this case, a former driver, which will be Dale Jr. when he stops racing in the booth. Yeah, You know, there's just a personality that they bring like i'll just say this espn versus fox sports one as you guys know skip bayless left espn and he took his talents over to Fox Sports 1. I've actually been watching Fox Sports 1 as opposed to ESPN. Not that I don't like Stephen A. and Max Kellerman, but there's just something about Shannon Sharp, a.k.a. as we call him, Motormouth, on TV with Skip Bayless. Again, there's a perspective that a former player brings To the booth that, and not taking, I mean, we're fans. We don't really consider ourselves experts, although I am an expert in almost everything I do.
1: (laughs) But, (laughs) you you know,
0: we could never bring a certain insight to NASCAR that a former driver can bring. Right. You know, there's just something different.
1: I think that's why Tam also that we always try to let our fan base know and the people that subscribe to our podcast and listen to our podcast that this is a a podcast for fans by fans. And uh, I'm personally not an expert uh, race car driver other than racing fast on a freeway. I've never raced professionally. I'm not a mechanic. I didn't work in my dad's garage. It's not what I'm about. But we're just passionate fans of the sport. And we want to bring you just our insights the way you yourself bring insights to your friends and uh other people that you might know who are fans of nascar as well and that's what me and tam try to bring and i love doing this podcast tam because it allows us to uh be able to connect with other nascar fans that either whether they see they see things our way or they see it in a different way because i think just as much as you know we have had some people that don't agree with us and have responded to us on twitter or our instagram and i actually kind of like that i like the engagement of that you know
0: yeah i mean there's nothing like a world full of opinions we all have them it's just that we respect each other's opinions and we'll leave it at that so let's kind of jump into some hot topics in nascar one thing i wanted to talk about renee is during the Race when Kevin Harvick had his track bar issue, the announcer on NBC mentioned that the competition director was assisting Harvick and his team with trying to fix the issue. That didn't sit well with me because I don't understand that particular rule, but it just seems as if the competition director would not be helping a driver. Now, I posted this on our Twitter account because again, this is something that was a gray area to me. I didn't know that this was possible, but I kind of threw it out there to see what other fans thought and two or three people who responded that they kind of agree what we were saying, that they didn't think that the competition director should actually be assisting the driver, especially during a race. This is not during practice, them in the garage before the race. This is actually during competition. I don't know. What do you think about it?
1: Well, I think you're right. You have a point there in the sense of like, because now uh, other teams... Other drivers are looking at that going, well, wait a minute. How does he have the ability to to go in there and help this driver out? If something happens to my car, is he going to help me out? And if they don't help him out, then you're going, well, how was it he was helping that guy out and he's not helping me? It just creates a, just a big stink. And I think I'm just like you and, and other fans that some, these rules sometimes just kind of make my head spin, Tam. because Okay, it's like, don't,
0: he, look, Renee, don't go exorcist on me. <laughs> yeah. I waited that <laughs> carry. I don't got my movie. No confused
1: that's completely exorcist you're right and maybe not there but it's frustrating because it's like i'm trying to understand all the rules and when something like that goes on you're going okay well that doesn't make any sense to me so it's confusing and it's frustrating and i don't get it i didn't particularly care for that
0: so let's go on to our fan comment of the week I'm back on the Reddit board. So I pulled a comment from the Reddit board. Okay, on a side note, just so you guys know, I'm a lurker. I never really post or comment on the Reddit board, but I do like to read. So this comment, and it's actually a couple of comments that I wanna read. It's in response to pretty much a board or thread that was created just to kind of recap the race. So this comment reads, I am so happy right now, OMG, you don't even know. I know everyone is sick of the whole underdog, blah, 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 but you guys, I always believed in Martin, as in Martin Truex, throughout his whole career. I liked him back from the Bush series and when Dale Jr. gave him his big break. To see him now, after so many years of disappointment, I just cannot explain the joy. I'm just so, so effing happy right now. Now, the replies to that comment are embrace the salt, love the hate. That's actually a a pretty cool saying. I may have to borrow that one. Then another reply was, it's not him, it's his team and the whole underdog thing. They aren't underdogs anymore and haven't been since February. And then Mm. another reply stated, I wouldn't sweat the others, who are sick of him. That's just what happens when your driver is successful. It was that way with the 48 for a very long time with the four more recently. And now with JGR slash 78. So we talked about this, I believe two or three episodes ago, and it kind of comes back to all the hate for Martin Truex Jr. Now that he's winning. One of the replies that I want to focus on is the comment about, is his team and the whole underdog thing. At this point, can we still consider Martin Truex Jr. an underdog?
1: Wow, boy. I remember us talking about this, Tam. And my answer is kind of almost going to be the same. Now, the answer to your question, I don't think we can consider Martin Truex Jr. an underdog anymore, especially after his win this past weekend. Uh, I I think the whole underdog thing, Take it in your hand and throw it out the window. No more underdog for him. I'm not going to give him any underdog status whatsoever. I think, if anything, I think Martin Truex Jr. has become a favorite more than an underdog. Underdog, I think may we could have still used that for him if maybe we took at least maybe one win away from him. But the fact that he just won another race this past weekend... I'm not even going the underdog route with him anymore. I hope I don't have to read or hear about an underdog and Martin Truex Jr. type thing. It doesn't apply anymore because this guy is just driving the best he's ever driven in his entire career, Tam. And don't think twice. if he doesn't end up winning this entire chase at the end of the year. I can totally see him winning everything.
0: Wow, so you think Martin Truex has a chance to win? I mean, why not? I really do. He's on a mission, and Lady Luck, is sitting yes. on his left shoulder. He got rid of Mr. Bad Luck on his right, and now yeah. Lady Luck is on his left. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm with you. I am not calling this guy an underdog because whatever he has under that engine, whatever that team is doing, I mean, even the JGR guys want to know what the hell's going on with the number 78 and what's underneath that engine because he's smoking everybody, everybody. Everybody's happy for this guy and his win. I mean, even Bad Brad Keselowski. I'm not even going to call him Bad Brad anymore. At least I'm going to try not to. So apparently Bad Brad sent Martin Truex Jr. a case of beer after his win at Dover. What I didn't know is Sherry Pollock's Truex Jr.'s girlfriend, actually tweeted this. Apparently, good guy Brad, he sends everybody a case of beer, as in Miller Lite, his sponsor, after they win a race.
1: I, didn't, I did not know that. That's, yeah, I
0: wouldn't have thought that That's either. actually,
1: speaking of Brad real quick, it's actually been pretty quiet, right? You know I, I, what? A-
0: him and Joy, I was thinking the same thing. On that note, too, speaking of drivers that have almost been forgettable, Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch made it to the round of 12. yeah. Not Kyle, Kirk, quietly.
1: <laughs> I think most people probably didn't even realize that Kurt Bush was still in the chase.
0: <laughs> you know what? Un-
1: Unless you're a Kurt Busch a fan, you know?
0: Well, I'm not predicting him to win the race, but I'm just saying he's still in the chase. And anybody has a chance. So on that note, speaking of predictions, Renee, let's go into some predictions, predictions. Renee, who you got? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions.
1: All right, my favorite portion and my favorite segment of the podcast. I love predictions. It seems like most people I pick, they either come in second or they just don't end up finishing the, the race for some reason. <laughs> but as I'm looking at everything that's going on, and now we're down to the final 12, and I see who is left in this game, I'm not going to go out of my way to say Martin Truex Don't be surprised if he wins this next race because I just don't think he's going to win the next race. Not because he can't. I just think he's just not going to go out of his way to try to win the race, if that makes any sense. The guy that I see that wants to solidify his spot into the next round. And for whatever reason, don't ask me why. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. I see Denny Hamlin possibly winning this next race. I know that just kind of comes out of nowhere because Denny Hamlin's been a little quiet. But if you think about how he ended the season, he ended the season on a pretty good note. So I'm going with Denny Hamlin as my guy to win the race. And as my dark horse, don't be surprised if Kevin Harvick comes back and uh, has a, a really good weekend on the track.
0: Okay, you're going with Denny Hamlin and Happy Harvick. Good picks, good picks. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those guys won. Okay, so history lesson, as always, during this time School of the School is podcast. in session. School is in session. So, as we all know, we have two races each year in Charlotte. We have our October race and our May race. So, a little bit of history our past five winners. For our October race were 2015, Joey Logano, 2014, Kevin Harvitt, 2013, good Brad Keselowski, not bad, but good Brad Keselowski, 2012, Clint Boyer. Oh my God, when is the last time we caught that name
1: Wow, a Clint Boyer sighting.
0: 2011, Matt Kensett. Now, some other interesting facts is earlier this year, Martin Truex won the May race in Charlotte. Jimmy Johnson is a seven-time winner during the Sprint Cup races at Charlotte. Casey Kane, that's that name again, is a four-time winner in Charlotte in the Sprint Cup races. Side note, there were a couple of articles that were floating around this week that said Casey Kane is shining too little too late. I found it interesting because Renee, did we not talk about this two or three episodes in a row? Yes, we did. Okay. Just wanted to make that a note because Casey Kane, it is a little too late to be shining. But I guess he has to go out in the bank because who knows? Rick Hendrick may not re up that contract. So he better show up and show out now. Okay. So in 2015. Austin Dillon actually swept the two Xfinity races in Charlotte. Kyle Busch, mister race Him to Race-em-to-the-end-of-time, never, this guy is just a pure racer. Kyle Busch is an eight-time winner in Charlotte in the Xfinity races. And believe it or not, I was actually in the winner's circle with Kyle Busch in 2013 when he won the Xfinity night race in Charlotte. Wow. That's crazy, because I hate the photo, because I was so tired of taking photos. And then they put me in the winner circle. Everybody's happy and smiling, and I have the number one finger up, like, woo. Because it was, like, (laughs) during the hat change, and I was like, woo. I was over it. But nonetheless, that was a side note. So I know you guys are on the edge of your seat waiting on my predictions, so here they are. I am going with Kevin Harvick. Yes, Mm. happy Harvick. For the win. There you go. And I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. Boom! I'm dropping the mic like President Obama. Wow. But yeah, because I feel like I, I said Chase was gonna win a race. So why not win it in Charlotte in front of the home crowd? There you go. Okay, so there you have it. Those are my predictions.
1: Fantastic. And if you want to send us your predictions, please you could tweet us your predictions and who you think is gonna win the race, or you can leave a comment on our Instagram account as well we'd love to hear any feedback that you have for us at any point in this uh podcast that we do we always appreciate your support we always appreciate you guys subscribing and leaving comments to our podcast yeah for tim and for myself uh once again a podcast for fans by fans i'd like to just thank everybody for continuing to support us we love doing this podcast Me and Tam uh, have a a genuine love for this sport. And please, please continue, not even just to listen to our podcast, but support any podcast out there that you like. Uh, We really appreciate it for Tam, for myself. Thank you once again, and we will see you again next week.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.